Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance. We got Dawn Staley at 8.30 a.m. Eastern National Champs. We got Magic Johnson at 9 a.m. Eastern. How are you feeling this morning, Jay? Not great. Not great. He's not feeling great. Starting to embrace the anger, Key, you know? Well, I mean, y'all should have done better. Play harder, you know? (laughs) Just win the game. (laughs) Play play harder. Hustle more. Hustle more. Get in the building. Be the first one in, last one out. Stay with the small lineup so you don't get outcoached again. What? So, what you, so you're so you saying Coach K got all coaches. That's what I'm hearing from I you, think, Jay? I said he got all coached the last game they played against Carolina at home. Mm. Like, I, I thought our best lineup key is when we had Paolo Bencaro at the five. We played small. We got a lot of turnovers. We were faster. All of a sudden, we brought Mark Williams back in the game. And R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, they were dominating us with ball screens. Just dragging the big into ball screens every single time. And that's where Caleb Love made you, the biggest shot in North Carolina basketball history, potentially. Do you think that – when you say out coach, and I know you, you're, yeah, not like you that. Know, you know, what I, I, mean. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Do you think though, when he was out coached and the mistakes that he may have made in the game, some of the pressure, even though he claims he's not worried about his career and all that accomplishments, blah blah blah. Do you think some of that stress pressure to make it to the final played a role in maybe some of his coaching decisions? I honestly think this it's just like, you know, when when this whole thing was announced about the the farewell tour, it was interesting. I didn't know how to really take it. And I started dissecting it. Like, all right, he's gonna name his successor. And, you know, I think everybody in the basketball world was like, nobody expected John Shire, even though I'm really happy for John Shire. I love John Shire. I think he's gonna be a great head coach for us. But it just seemed like it put an unbelievable amount of pressure on every decision. And also for the players. Um Everything became so heightened about what they were doing because it was for Coach K's last hurrah. And, and look, I, I get that life, you have to deal with these mental battles. Um, but I, there is a, a big part of me that wonders, like, if this wasn't a thing, like, would it be a little bit more easy? Or would they maybe not have gotten them? to the Final Four? Or maybe not. I don't know. Hey, what, what, know. what does it mean for you personally, Jay? Like, we, we, we all know what the – but, you know, like, Duke legend. What does this mean for you, like, in your personal life? Have you heard from – from UNC oh. fans, who have you have you been given the business already? Well, my my father in law took a really hard dig at me um, <laughs> yesterday. Literally, we had a baby reveal. He found out he was going to have a granddaughter. I thought he was going to be excited. And his first words to me, considering I, my last college game, I made a three with like two and a half seconds left to go in the game. Key down four. I jumped into Dame Fife, um, got fouled. The ball goes in. I go to the free throw line to tie the game. We were loaded that year. We were up nineteen against IU in the in, uh, early second half. And, you know, I missed the free throw. So, obviously, that comes back to haunt me. And my father-in-law, who graduated from IU, reminds me. When you say it comes back to haunt you, you mean, by, isn't it amazing how your friends and family are your sports enemies? Oh. They're your sports enemies. Like, and so I'm waiting for him to say, you know, you know son, I'm so happy for you guys. <laughs> You're so blessed. And the first thing he, his ass says to me is, man, you guys, you guys really suck at free throws at Duke, don't you? <laughs> And I'm just like, come on, man. Well, he, he's like, it takes one to there. know one. Obviously, Mark Williams, <laughs> Williams, Mrs. Two Free Throws, my name, Williams. I'm like, damn it. Like, well, this yeah. is my life. I mean, he, clearly the obvious is there about the, the, the grandbaby and everything like that. So he doesn't need to talk about that because that's already the love is there. We don't need to worry about that. 
We're going to talk about y'all being able to hit free throws down the stretch <laughs> to win games. Why don't you, you worry about the love it. a little bit? You, you, you <laughs> did it to lose the game, and now these yeah. other people did it to lose the game. But meantime, when bad things happen in your life, and I can only imagine what this is for world-class athletes, the real people you don't want to have to face are your friends and family. Uh, Those are the ones that are like the strangers. Who cares? And then my, See, wife, then my wife looking at the camera goes, well... I'm like, what do you mean? Well, what's the way? Like, you're, well, so your you dad's not you wrong. He's not married. I mean, married a, uh, you should have married a Duke gal. Seventeen-year-old Evan lost a lot of money on Jay's missed free throws. Yeah, I lost a lot of money that day too. See now, what? 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 Who what? said that? Did you just admit this? No, you said. No, I didn't. That was Max imitating my voice. See, the Did problem with that is people are afraid. afraid. Never, never mind. I'm, I'm going to stay out of that. Team on, Keith. Yes, I'm people staying out of that. People are afraid that that stuff leads to cheating. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of was, cheating, yes. as the baseball season starts on <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> what a great segue. It seems every day we have comments from someone related to the Yankees and Astros in 2017. Okay? When the Astros cheated the Yankees out of their rightful place in the World Series. Last week, it was, by the way, Yankees were beating the brakes off the Astros at Yankee Stadium, right, when there was no advantage. And then it, it, at, at the Astros, it was like one-run games that came down to the ninth inning. The Astros were somehow winning all of them. Oh, I wonder why. Anyway, Carlos Beltran, future Hall of Famer. I would say that's, that Carlos Beltran's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He was a member of the 2017 Astros. He's now a broadcaster for Yes Network in New York. And in an interview supposed to air on Monday, it's today on Yes Network, Beltran said that there is a stain on the Astros' 2017 title. Looking back now, yes, we did cross a line. He told this to Michael Kay. We did. We all did what we did. Looking back, we were wrong. I wish the organization would have said to us, hey, man, you guys are doing wrong. We need to stop this. Now, look, you could take it with a grain of salt because Beltran's now employed by the Yes Network, right? Employed essentially by the Yankees. But I got to tell you something. Beltron, like Bernie Williams fan, Puerto Rican center fielder, switch hitter, is like the next Bernie Williams, right? He was supposed to be and, and wanted to come to the Bronx, and the Yankees didn't pay him. They let Guerrero go. They took Sheffield. They, went, they let Beltron go. They took, you know, like somewhere else, they took uh, uh, Johnny Damon. They made some, Cashman made some bad choices. So Beltron is a, a local area product who I could see actually not having to be leaned on by some network or organization to say, yeah, I don't like what happened. What do you guys think of what, – what do you think of those comments, Jay? Well, what, I think it's can, a little uh, – for me personally, I think it's a little too late. Um, I understand that the, the Yankees felt what they felt. The Dodgers felt what they felt. I was at Game 7, mm-hmm. even though a lot of the, the, the shenanigans was taking place in Houston opposed to on the road. But I'm sure some carryover, some way, shape, form happened when they were on the road as well. Um, you know, it, look, it's always been tainted for me. When you cheat, you cheat. I hate cheaters in sports. I don't like PEDs. I don't like steroid users. I don't like any of that in sports. When people start to, well, you know, he did it for recovery. Okay, yeah, tell me any damn thing. Because if I'm on the other end of that, and I know how clean my body was when I played and how hard my ass worked to go and try to put on the best show and perform for my team, and then I found out somebody had an advantage based on cheating, you, you're tainted regardless. Yeah. You don't need to tell me that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm gonna think like, is, he, is he endearing himself to Yankees fans? Probably. Sure. 
Why not? Or, or, or maybe, maybe. Or, but, or, or, yeah, or maybe, you know what? Maybe he just feels crappy because he knows what they did was wrong. And by the way, he's the only name mentioned in the report. Like, so, like, my thing is, like, when, when that happens and you're taking the hits, knocks every single day, like, you start to feel that. How does that it, not wear on you mentally? Evan, get in here for me because you know baseball left and right. You covered it heavy. Oh, never mind then. So, uh, um, I'll tell you what, so, he, so look, he, he so, wound up so, with the so Mets, look, Beltron. So, look, uh, Max, does, does this help Carlos when it comes down to Hall of Fame voting, the fact that he gets out in front of it and he's not trying to deny like a Barry Bonds or a Roger Clemens or, you know, is he, is he getting out in front of going to help push him into over the top in that Hall of Fame voting? I mean, I think he'd be a Hall of Famer regardless. You know, he was a great and, – and he wound up with the Mets. He signed a huge deal with the Mets at the time um, after well, the Yankees decided not to take their shot with him, right, even though he had the kind of broad skill set that would suggest he would age very well, which he did. He aged well. He turned into a yeah. more of a slugger, less of a base stealer, but still a great player. But you don't think, I, you don't think, you don't think that this is going to, in some voters' minds, much like the, the PED steroid mm-hmm. – era has hurt some of these guys that are up to going to Hall of Fame. You don't think that him getting out in front of this and somewhat, you know, saying I apologize what I'm by saying that it's tainted, that it won't help him? No, I think it probably will if there are people who are, who are on the fence about it mm-hmm. um, because of this. But the sign-stealing scandal was about a championship, not about um, – not about personal stats necessarily, right? Well, like, cheating not, is cheating, though. It, it, it is, but it's an organization-wide. It's not like someone got caught with PEDs. Before they started with PEDs, they weren't good. Then they started using PEDs, and they were amazing, right? Like, that's different than you were on a team that was involved in a sign-stealing scandal um, and that some well, people yeah, may I, feel it tarnishes. Like, you know. Yeah, I guess baseball is different than other sports because championships go a long ways. And, and championships go a long ways in, like, football, for instance. Right. When, you, when, when you look at someone's resume and you say, well, he won championships, too. It's a little bit different. A little different. Yeah, it's a little bit different in baseball because Mike Trout is clearly considered by a lot of people that number one baseball player going and greatest all time, blah, 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 and hadn't won lick. Yeah, by the way, Beltran, I just looked it up, for his postseason career, Career key. So that's 04, 06, 2012, 13, 15, 16, and 17. Okay? So he got into 65 postseason games. That's a lot. 285 hitter. 307 with 16 home runs. Slugged 609, got on base f- four, almost uh, over 41% of the time. Like, he was a great, great player, player. And in the postseason, he was even better. So, like, I, Beltron to me is a Hall of Famer. I think this is more about, more than Hall of Fame credentials or anything, this is about him ingratiating himself to a New York market for whom he now works as a broadcaster. Look, he, was, he, he had a bad first season with the Mets, and then he was great for the Mets. He was great in St. Louis as an older player. As a Yankees fan, right, you're working for Yes Network now. We know it wasn't him. He's not the reason he didn't play for the Yankees. The Yankees messed that up, and I think this helps him there. Like, look, I'm, I'm with you guys. Let me ask you guys if you guys believe this quote by Beltron. Well, if they, the Astros front office, 
got the letter from MLB. They knew, but they never shared it with us. Nobody said anything to us. You know, nobody said anything. I wish somebody would have said something. A lot of people always ask me, why didn't you stop? And my answer is, I didn't stop it the same way no one stopped it. This is working for us. Why are you going to stop something that is working for you? So the organization would have said something to us. We would have stopped it for sure. End quote. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, and RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE, because it probably can be. A national championship is is on the line 12 hours from now. The Madness continues. Westwood One, NCAA Radio Network. And the Heels kick their rivals to the curb on their way to their 12th national title game. And in the process, in the career of the Hall of Fame coach, Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, can you just reflect on your career and what it's meant to I'm you? I'm not going to. I'd rather not. I'm not thinking about my career right now. This is ESPN Radio. And we have Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst, co-host of Bald Men on Campus podcast with us now. What's going on, Coach? What's happening, Maxie? Well, you tell us. J-Will, Keith. What's happening, Seth? You tell us. What are your thoughts on UNC beating Jake's? Jake? Is my name Jake? Jake. I'd be grunted. I combine J and Duke. I combine J and Duke. Being, I know beating, a Jake, that's Seth Greenberg's dog. Beating Jay's Blue Devils Saturday night. You know, it was an incredible game. I mean, you think about 18 lead changes, the shots that were made. And, you know, the concern about Duke was, you know, how were they going to handle the pressure? They handled the pressure fine. I don't want to hear about Mark Williams missing the free throws he gave into the pressure. You know what? Brady Maddock missed free throws also. He's like an 80% free throw shooter. It was a high-level game, two teams playing at a high level, and then, you know, in a lot of ways, Caleb Love happened. What does Love have to do with it? Everything, because that dude took over the game at one point to get Carolina back in the game and to finish off. That shot he made over Mark Williams with the outstretched hand just elevated. I've been saying it all season long. That dude makes tough, contested NBA shots. He has no fear of the moment. He might miss it, but he's going to shoot it. Jake, what do you think about that? <laughs> see, Seth, see what they do to me here? And I lost my voice. It's unbelievable. I know. Sometimes that's good. So here is um, Mike Krzyzewski after the game. Coach, listen to this. He's asked to reflect on his career. They're going to ask the question, too. Listen to this. Uh, can you just reflect on your career and what it's meant to I'm you? Not gonna, I'd rather not. I'm not thinking about my career right now. Uh, is that possible that he's not thinking? Like, just give me your thoughts on on the reaction. What's your reaction to that, Coach? Well, everyone's thinking about his career. And I think probably in that moment in time, uh, he was thinking about his players. I'm sure he's going to think about his career. Here's the problem. And, Jay, you know Coach K a lot better than I do. Obviously, I competed against him. I've known him before he was Coach K, but when he was Mike. Uh, he gets back, and it's Wednesday. Day after the national championship game. A couple of days after the national championship game. Every single day that he, in the last, Whatever, however many years, he woke up with a purpose. He woke up with a passion. He woke up with an energy. Or what can he do to make Duke basketball better? What's going on in one of his players' lives? Uh, what do they have to do with recruiting? What do they have to do with scheduling? What do they have to do with fundraising? 
he's going to wake up someday this week, and what's going to be his why? Like, what's going to be his motivation? What's going to be his perfect? What's going to be his cause? Uh, and at that moment in time, I think he's going to reflect back. And you, there's nothing you can do to impact his legacy. There's nothing. I mean, five national championships, the Olympic gold medals, the players whose lives he's impacted. But those two losses, the last game at Cameron in the semifinals uh, you know, against North Carolina, those two losses, they're going to be hard to let go. It's just the way it is when you coach. I mean, there are certain losses that are hard to let go, and those two losses are going to be hard to let go. No matter what Mickey says, no matter what his kids say, those two losses are going to be hard to let go. You agree, Jay? Will? Seth, 1,000%. Plus, you know, like being down there, like that, that's, what, that's what this rivalry is all about. And yeah. it, it led me to a question after the game, Seth. I, I started thinking about John Shire. I'm like, damn. Like, now it's about moving, moving, moving forward quickly. Quickly after this, because you got the number one recruiting class. Here's my question to you, though, Seth. If Hubert Davis wins a national championship in his first year after replacing the legend Roy Williams, how much added on pressure does that put on John Shire going into next season with the number one recruiting class? Another layer of pressure. I mean, look, he's already got pressure of representing Duke and, and being the head basketball coach of Duke. He's, got a, he's already got the pressure of obviously following Coach K. But then the guy eight miles down the road, who in his first year seamlessly navigated with leadership and poise his team to get him and win a national championship, talk about recruiting. It's not one class, because if you're recruiting one of Duns, you've got to rinse and repeat. It's that next class. Think about how hard it is going to be up to recruit against Hubert Davis. So the amount of pressure on John Shire and his staff and the expectation that goes along with Duke and following Coach K and then right up the road you got Hubert Davis, uh, he's going to need to uh, have a clear feeling uh, and vision, and he's going to have to really kind of put just good days on top of each other. If Duke gets off to a bad start next year and maybe loses a game or two, all right, that's going to be the challenge. When things are going well, it's easy. You know how it is, Jay. Well, he's playing well. They're really talented, non-conference. You get whacked a couple times, that will be the challenge. After Hubert wins the national championship, woof, woof. Mm. Seth Greenberg, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, joins us this morning on Keyshawn. Jay, Will, and Max. Seth, what do you think the dynamic, though, next year with, with Coach K hovering around the arena in the offices will be between him and Coach John Shire? I think it'll be a little bit of suffocating. I mean, just in all – transparency. I mean, if he's going to keep his office and he's going to obviously, uh, he is Duke basketball and he has been for 42 years. Is he going to be a resource? Sure. He'll be a great resource, but John Shire has got to coach this team and this program, lead this program in his own image. He can't be coach K and he's got to have his own fingerprints on this program. Like Hubert Davis. He went to, instead of playing high, low basketball, what'd he do? You know, he went to more positionless basketball, opened up the floor, Recruited a guy like Brady Maddox, changed their system. They're not the, the dynamic off, uh, team that's going to turn you over. They hardly even turn people over. They keep you in front. Uh, they still rebound the basketball. So uh, with Coach K sitting there in that tower looking over the program as obviously the matriarch of the program and the emeritus of the program, that's one thing. But to me, it adds greater pressure, and it's great to have a resource, but John Shire better do it and be comfortable in his own skin, not Coach K's skin, because he's never going to be Coach K.
Seth, what does UNC have to do to beat Kansas tonight? Hopefully Armando Baycott is healthy. I think that's first and foremost. I mean, Armando Baycott, 30 double-doubles, which is absolutely incredible, uh, his ability to get extra possessions. Uh, I think Leaky Black on Ochaibaji is going to be a big matchup, but those other matchups are really going to be interesting. You're talking about, you know, Caleb Loveden's going to have to go to Christian Brown. Can you keep Christian Brown off the glass? That's going to be important. Brown's a terrific rebounder. The matchup to me that I'm watching, besides McCormick and Baycott, this is a key matchup to me. Brady Maddox, Jamil Wilson. Uh, because Wilson uh, is uh, Jalen Wilson, I should say, is a is just a hard driving slash and get to the basket rebound. He impacts the game so many different ways. He rebounds the ball. He he had five assists the other day. He can get you know double figure points, and he and he attacks. I think it's a tall task. I really do, but I, I don't put anything by Carolina, especially with Baker, because Bill Self's going to go inside. Like Bill Self's going to start this game. He always starts this game playing inside out. He's going to start this game doing one of two things. Put Baycott in a high ball screen and attack him and see how he can move laterally. And then isolate David McCormick on the block, get the ball reversed, have him search the ball, seeing, again, how he's moving and making him guard. Because with Baycott on the floor, they're plus 330, even greater now uh, after the game the other day. With him off the court, they're minus 80. You get Baycott out of the game, Carolina has no chance. Coach, You real get Baycott quick. out of the game, they're going to make him guard. Coach, real quick, who wins? I've got Kansas winning. Wait, wait, uh, Seth, wait, wait Seth, Seth. Do they win by more than four? This is a really big question for people out there. I know. This is real bad. I think they do. I think they do. By the way, I can't wait to see Jay Will in a bib and a pacifier. <laughs> no, you didn't make me that bet. You didn't You didn't claim oh, the bet. Nope. Hey, nope. You know what? It sounds like he's got, got, got it on already. Seth, Seth, you're breaking up. We're getting bad service. I, I, we're losing uh, you. I, you have all kinds of bits and pacifiers at your house. You can just uh, Coach said too. you need to be, it'll be fine. You need to have a bit of a pacifier, and you went, no, I never made the bet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Enough. Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball boy. analyst. Seth Greenberg is brought to you by Wendy's. It's better breakfast o'clock at Wendy's. So get a bacon or sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit mm. for $1. Mm. It's not the only Sounds national good. championship game. We've got a now two-time national champion. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. South Carolina bench begins to erupt. A wire-to-wire victory tonight. It is not unfinished business any longer. South Carolina has captured its second national championship. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers, we welcome in now one of the most accomplished, what do you say, basketball people, player, coach, everything, of all time. 
Dawn Staley, South Carolina head coach and now two-time NCAA national champion as as coach. Coach, welcome to the show. Congrats, coach. Way to get Congratulations. it. Congratulations. How does it feel to win your second national championship as a head coach? I mean, it, a bunch of relief. Um, I mean, it's hard. Anytime that you uh, you win a national championship, you know you've beaten some um, some some great teams. Um, but super proud of our players who have, you know, they 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 fought a good race from the very beginning of the season to the end. We were the number number one team in the country, and it doesn't always mean it will end in a national championship, but it just goes to show um, how they persevered, um, how they had the focus, and you know the tenacious de- uh, defense to, to to finish it off. Don, congratulations! And I remember when we were in school, I used to hear Coach K always talk about it takes a village, and uh, one of the things I, I give you a lot of credit for, and I heard you last night at the, at the post game, is where you gave you gave credit to your bench players. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and how impactful they were in helping your team ultimately reach the highest goal possible? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we had 16 players in our roster. One of them got hurt the second game of the season, and then the rest of them, um, six, seven, eight of them, they they didn't know whether they were going to play a minute, two minutes, if they were ever going to get in the game. Um, but they they prepped, they they prepped us well when we were on the road. Um, they often stood on the sideline at home because we've got a practice squad named the Highlighters that, that have done a tremendous job at, at helping us. But it's hard. I try to put myself in their in their shoes. Would I be disruptive? Would I want more? How would I go about acting? And at the beginning of the season, we, we asked all of them to make this year to be truly special. It's going to take a great deal of sacrifice and it's going to take a a stab at your womanhood is going to take a stab at, you know, the the very existence of you and and you being a basketball player. And it's hard. Like, mentally, that's hard. But no one was a distraction. Everybody was just leaned in on doing what they needed to do to, to, to win a, a national championship. Now, <laughs> in fairness to them, I know we'll probably have some people jump in that portal um, because, we we virtually bring back the same team, and and people wanna they wanna participate in their sport. They have goals and dreams of of playing in the WNBA, and I I, I do get it. They they gave it the best they could, and and they want to probably move on. I'm probably talking prematurely, but it's just it's just a the thing that the popular thing to do, and I'm not mad at them because they gave us everything that they have, um, and now they want to spread their wings and, and want to go play somewhere and help somebody try to win a national championship. Dawn Staley, South Carolina head coach, two-time NCAA national champion after they won last night. Coach, I have to ask you, uh, Aaliyah Boston, considering the way she missed that chippy last year to beat Stanford, uh, you know, all the pressure that she dealt with in the offseason, the memes of her out there, uh, how gratifying do you think this opportunity was for her? And honestly, like, this doesn't always happen, right? Like the the best team doesn't always win these things. Like, how, how do you even put this year into perspective for her? Um, um, 
things don't always come full circle in the the amount of time that it, it's come full circle for Aaliyah. Um, you know, I'm I'm give you all a story. When we played in the Bahamas, um, in November, she had a pretty good game the first game that we played against Buffalo, twenty five, maybe eight eight, six rebounds. It was what was she supposed to do? Um, really wasn't challenged. But after that game, I knew that we would have to play Oregon and possibly Connecticut um, in the next two days. And I just challenged her to be dominant, to be really dominant. And I asked, I said, do you know why I asked you to be dominant? She's like, well, you want us to win a national championship? And I was like, yes, that's part of it. But I said, I also want you to be dominant because you know that, you know that, that picture, that video of you crying after we lost in the semifinals game last year, I said, I want, I want them to remove that picture and place it with you smiling. And, and the only way that you're going to be able to do that is, is you become a more dominant player every single day. And I know I heard a feeling. I actually, her mom was on the trip. Her parents were on the trip. And I said, I, I, I hurt your daughter, so you're going to have to go back and and make her feel good, but just understand, I'm only asking her to walk in her truth. And her truth is, she's a dominant player. And players like Aaliyah, who are big and talented, just want to be liked. They just want to. They just want to. You know, want to exist and blend in with everybody else. And and you know, blenders don't go very far in our game. Dominant people when. You have the talent and the ability to do it. You better do it or, or else you're going to fall short of getting all your goals and your dreams. Coach, what does it feel like winning your second title in six years, not only for your program, but for you personally? I mean, for, for me, it's great because I know that there aren't a lot of black coaches who get a chance to experience this type of success because one, they don't get a whole lot of opportunities. Opportunities are coming around. Um, like now I think it's a, a more popular thing to hire a black coach. But when you, when you move six or 12 inches over to be a head coach, there's so much more that goes along so much more pressure to perform and succeed. Um, and it's not an easy job to do. And if administrators, you know, don't pour into you, you may win the, you may win the press conference, um, but don't drop three consecutive games. <laughs> That's pressure. That's pressure. So, I, I, it feels good that I can set an example of what is, what can become of other black coaches. You know, when when someone pours into them, when you invest in them, you know, things like this can can really happen in their careers. Dawn Staley, now two-time NCAA head coaching national champion. Congratulations, Coach. Thanks for joining us this morning. Keep going, Don. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate it. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Believe it or not. Hola. Huh? Even Ripley is wondering, do you believe it or not? Evan, take it away. All right, let's go. A little NBA, believe it or not here. Giannis will win a third MVP award, Jay, believe it or not. No, I don't believe it. Jokic is going to win the MVP, and if Jokic doesn't win it, it should be Joel Embiid. I give Giannis a lot of credit, talented, but I think that game against the Mavs, the way Luka performed, I think it stole a lot of the steam away from this last ending stretch for Giannis. Yeah, I don't think Giannis is going to win the MVP, so therefore not. I agree, not. Giannis has not has, has missed too many games this year. I just looked it up. 64 games ain't enough, and uh, especially when your per-game value is no better than Embiid's or Jokic, so I'm going to say not. James Harden will be the reason the Sixers do not win the NBA championship this season. Believe it or not, Jay. I don't believe it because the blame is not going to come to James Harden, who is best friends with Michael Rubin, part owner of the team and owner of Fanatics. The blame will go to Doc Rivers first. So this year, if they don't get it done, Doc Rivers will be the first to go. Not. I don't believe it at all. I think that when you look at it, it won't be because of James Harden. It probably will be because of Doc Rivers. I'm going to believe it, but it's a high compliment to Harden, in fact. It's because if you are what you usually are, then paired with Embiid, you really should win the championship, and he hasn't been. What he usually is in the regular season throughout his career is one of the greatest players ever. He has not been that in the playoffs, and this year even his regular season standards are down. So I got to say, compared to the standard he set, yeah. So I mean, not I mean Doc Rivers him, is yeah. top 15 greatest coach of all time, according to – NBA, I'm, I mean, I'm just he saying, has not man. coached well in the playoffs recently. Yep. Okay. I agree. I'm with you on Doc. I'm with you on Doc. Last year, Simmons got a lot of heat. Doc played an all-bench unit that got killed. Yep. Anyway. The Yankees have won a World Series more recently than Doc Rivers has come through in the NBA playoffs. Oof. Let's be honest. All right. You know what, Evan? Wow. That's, that's, that's uncalled it's fair. for. It's fair, though. The Grizzlies are better without John Morant? Oh. Believe it or not. Why? No. Why are we even talking don't, this don't way? Don't the messenger. Nah, I'm just the messenger. Uh, what's, I know the record is like 20, 20 and 2 or something. 20 and 2 without him? All right. Don't believe all these little things. 
Y'all sitting there, there tell me that Aaron Rodgers can be better without Devontae Adams. I'm like, all right, I need to see it. When it comes to basketball, Jay ain't buying it, but if it's football, he buying it. Come on, man. I'm, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it, but I'll tell you this. 20-2 and two is no small sample size. Ja's got to make them better, but oh, my God, this is a, an excellent team fundamentally. Yeah, try, excellent try, team. Try, try and go to the championship without Ja. Right. See how it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, but exactly. Damn, 20 and 2. Can we just say, take the second to say, damn? That's going to do it from here. As the Denver Nuggets win it 129 to 118. Jokic with 38 points, 18 rebounds. Anthony Davis gave it a good run this afternoon. It sucks. Sucks telling these guys every game, proud of you, good effort. We lost. And it's it's just disappointing to, to come in and, you know, just keep saying we fell short. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. So, guys, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic. It's so interesting to me. Jokic is like wins the, the ESPN straw poll by so much. I understand. Like, if you want to give it to Jokic, it's fine. But seems like it should be close, right? Well, Embiid talked about what he feels is going on. He says... If it happens, meaning him winning the MVP and B winning the MVP, great. If it doesn't, I don't know what I have to do. I feel like they hate me. I feel like the standard for guys in Philly, or for me, is different than any, everyone else. See, to me, guys, I, I, I get it. He sounds frustrated like, you know, I, I'm, I'm playing out of my mind. He is. That doesn't mean you win the MVP because other dudes are playing out of their minds too. But when he says... The standard for guys in Philly, Embiid strikes me as highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. And he, he, to me, is pandering to Philly in a way that not only pumps him up to himself, right? Like, you know, gets him going, but gets the fans on his side like, like you know, very put upon Philly fans. Oh, it's us against the world. I don't think him being in Philly has anything to do with it. I think if he was in Denver and Jokic was in Philly, it may still be Jokic. I mean, it's close between them. I mean, I get the anger, but look, Joel, Jokic is winning the MVP. Like, I, I, I've been on the record. I've been saying it for the longest. I, we always talk about people say, well, it doesn't look right. I'm like, yo, the numbers that he is putting up without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr., the fact that he's kept them in the playoff race. And I know that Joel Embiid has done this as well without Ben Simmons, because we were expecting Ben Simmons to be part of his team and Tobias Harris. But, I mean, look, Jokic to me is my MVP. Just the PER is off the charts. Uh, I, every time I say PER, I think Yates is going to yell at me because you and him get into these arguments about PER. I just – I mean, you know, it's Max just like – it, I don't love PER. It's just like, PER. And I, it's just like if you talk about points, rebounds, assists, and shooting percentages, you might as well just say PER because it's already taken that into account. That's all I'm saying. But it does feel like he does have a – I mean, slight – conversation point here it it does when we talked about this an hour ago we were talking about Charles Barkley lost MVP one year while he was in Philly he he won MVP when he wasn't in Philly when he was in Phoenix I think ain't nobody against no Philly man yeah I'm with key I don't know there's no it feels like that way sometimes though it does being part of the tri-state most of my life it kind of feels like people don't give Philly the love and respect that they deserve why just I don't know just me Tim Legler giving you the straight talk. Brought He's from Philly. Talk wireless, no contract, no <laughs> compromise. Exactly. What do you make of Embiid, Tim, saying 
that the that you know maybe it's a Philly thing. You know, it's us against the world, fans, right? Like, what do you think of that? I don't. I don't buy into that particular argument. I think there's some truth to the perception of Philadelphia as a whole, and even I think it affects their ability to draw free agents historically and whatnot. But in terms of this particular conversation, I don't buy that one. I, I don't. I don't think people are going to have an anti-Philly bias that's going to put the MVP in somebody else's hands. I think. Joel Embiid has – it was his to lose. I don't know that he's done anything to lose it. He's continued to play great. It just feels to me like the momentum is now on the side of Nikola Jokic, and it's been there for a few weeks. So I wonder. This is going to be neck and neck. I, it seems to me that Jokic has wrestled control of that thing. I probably would continue to vote for Embiid. Me too, by a hair. Why? He by a hair. Because I just feel like he was so dominant yeah. over a two-month stretch. He was the best player in the NBA. Yeah. And he hasn't really dropped off significantly. They added Harden, and that thought that might hurt him a little bit statistically, but it really hasn't. His numbers have continued to be great. They're continuing to be relevant. They're basically a game out of a one seed. And he's a cagey defender, too. Like, he lets guys blow by him sometimes and, and, the, and the chase down block because he has, cause he's rangy that way. Like, yes. he's gotten to be a cagey defender. He has got relentless energy for the first time in his career. I think that it's one of the greatest transformations I've seen in a guy in terms of his conditioning and his stamina and his ability to play hard for the duration of the game. He didn't have it until this year. So whoever his nutritionist is or whatever they did, man, everybody in the league needs to get with that guy because he is a different player. And I just don't think he's done enough to lose the award when he had to be a significant lead over the rest of the field at one point. But it doesn't feel that way in the court of public opinion right now. It feels like Jokic is the talk for, for a few weeks now. And when you start to hear that, it typically means that's where it's headed. Legs, I just want to ask you this quick question really quick. And then you answer, then we're going to move on to another good question. You're from Philly, right? They did boo Santa Claus, correct? <laughs> well, yeah, they actually did worse than that. They hit him with snowballs. They pelted him with, with, with slush, ice, snowballs. Santa loves snowballs. He's I Santa. Snowballs. I, 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 I said that because our producer, Yates, he, he, he loves when I say that, and he said Santa Claus is not even real, even though we have kids. But the Nets uh, – the Nets have two perimeter shot makers, right, in, in KD as well as Kyrie. Who would you have take the last shot in a meaningful game? Oh, mm. Kevin Durant, without question, because there's no answer because of the height, right, Jay? I mean, the, the length, the handle, and the shooting ability. Never been that in one package in this league ever. Kevin Durant, greatest combination of those three things, length, handle, and shooting ability, right? Mm-hmm. So, for me, there's no answer. Look, and it, it's not like – Kyrie Irving is a, is a bad option, okay? <laughs> Those guys run toward the light. They don't run from the light. And that's the one thing I've said all along. You, know, you get into a series and you've got the two guys that have gotten it done at the highest level with the most pressure at some point in their careers. It's, it, do you really want to bet against them? The problem is, to me, the other end of the floor ultimately will be their undoing. They can't string together four or five stops in a row when you have to have it and in a playoff series, I think that'll ultimately do them in. But for me, it's KD. If, if you got a chance to put the ball in somebody's hand to win a game, it's going to be Kevin Durant. I am. I, I, I wouldn't typically have agreed with you, Legs, but I feel like over as of late, like I'm starting to really wonder about Kyrie Irving because of his ability to make difficult shots and his escapability with the dribble. Are you standing up for the point guard, Jay? Is that what you're doing? Shocking, Is that right? What you're shocking, doing right shocking revelation here. <laughs> but like I am. But, but I agree with you on your point about defensively. Even that game against Atlanta. 
when those two combine for 80-plus points and you're still losing to Atlanta that way, we could be talking about a scenario where the Lakers and the Nets don't make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's crazy to me. They're small. They're soft defensively. And, look, they're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna throw haymakers with you all night long. You want to get up and down and let's, let's you know, go at each other back basket for basket? They'll do that all night. But at some point, particularly in the playoffs, it's going to slow down. The, meet, the, the possessions become more meaningful, Whether, either to preserve a lead or to close a gap if you're behind. You have to get four or five stops in a row it's, at some point. It's interesting because last year they had the greatest offense ever, the worst defense. Within a couple of weeks, their defense was good enough. Max, I'm saying Joe Harris helps that from the perimeter, though. He's a I really get, good defender. Yes, man. he is. He is, like even when he's missing shots. Last year, they played good defense in the playoffs. Even that one game that Milwaukee won in Milwaukee – when they had Kyrie before he got hurt, the Nets play good defense in that game. They're going to have to find that somewhere if it's still in there um, in order to – I agree with you, Legs. That is Tim Legler, ladies and gentlemen. Magic Johnson coming up next, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 